Hello? Hello, may I please speak with Joey McGarry? Uh, yes. Just a minute. Hello? Hi, Joey McGarry? Uh, no, is that who you're looking for? Yes, I'm looking for Joey McGarry. Oh, just a second. Hello? Hi, uh, Mr. McGarry? Oh, <clears throat> shit. Just a second, okay? Okay. Hello? Hi, I'm looking for Joey McGarry. Oh, hey, Todd. Hey, Joey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Awesome. What are you doing? I'm uh, sitting here talking to you. What are you doing? I'm sitting in a super uh, messy office drinking a, a beer. The things that are in my line of vision right now, there's a lot of them. I could list them off. Wow. But uh, like it's like an explosion. But I'm slowly, I'm slowly clearing it all up. Do you want it to be cleared up, or do you want it to be? Do you want it to be really hectic? No, no, I want it to be cleared up. But I cleared up all other areas. Um, I work on all the other important stuff before I. Cleaning the office is like last. If if there's like all other sorts of explosions going on, and I had my first bit of um, real caffeine earlier tonight it was really good oh wow what a, what a great drug caffeine's a great drug i always find when i when i don't drink caffeine for a while and then i drink it my i always have really good ideas it's it's a really intense experience yeah so i my plan was to uh have caffeine like later on and do a bit of stuff do this podcast and then do more stuff after the podcast was done because I probably won't be able to sleep. Just ride it. Just yeah, get that shit done. Yeah, caffeine and alcohol too together are they're pretty good. That's a good combo. They say I, that you're not supposed to mix them, but I do all the time. Oh, fuck that. That's good. That's good to mix them. I always think like there must have been someone who is like older, like um, like our age, like thirty who tried caffeine for the first time when they were like 30 and they would just love it because they are just used to like getting shit done without coffee and then they have they drink coffee and they would just their brain would just fucking blow up with ideas and they just get so much done i got hooked very quickly we we started late in the game later in the game for coffee. Remember it was like yep. a weird thing in grade 12 there was like girls who drank coffee. Yeah, in comparison to today like yeah, we the high school kids mostly when we went to high school we didn't drink caffeine, we didn't drink energy drinks. No, no like, we yeah, had we, like, we started drinking coffee when we were like 22. Yeah, I think late, around there. Really yeah. late. And it was uh it was a cool way to we started using caffeine for uh, a really beneficial way. Like, yeah, we would we, always we used get them it for to. Sitting. Yeah, we would get them after we got off. We all had uh, jobs where we got off really late, all around the same time at eleven, and we would get coffee. And then, like the really Half good editing jump. sessions, you would you would be up until like the sun came up. Sometimes yeah. that was amazing. Like, what yeah. a great way to use caffeine. A lot of people don't use it that way. It was like well, we well, were using it the opposite way. Yeah. People use it. Yeah. 
and I always said like I remember saying like oh I only I I don't drink coffee for work. I used to always say that because I drink coffee when I get off work. Because when I get off work is when I really wanna turn myself on. Yeah. And, but now you, uh, now you just drink it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it wasn't supposed to be like this. <laughs> I I don't know I coffee or caffeine and coffee and like uh the internet are the two things that I just have I just go through phases with so they're my two things that I battle with the most more than anything else really yeah you should have seen my phone bill from china <laughs> from like I, going online yeah i bought data packs but i guess i went over a couple i listened to uh I listened to the podcast about skateboarding. What was it, like 20 minutes, that one that you posted? Yeah. While I would have been there. And I used one of my data packs to listen to it. I think I paid like $70 to listen <laughs> to that podcast. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be cheap. No, because a, you're, you're using other people's towers in their country. And then those people tell your phone company, hey, man this person's been using our towers and they don't pay us anything. And then Rogers or whoever it'll be, will be like, Hey customer, this company told us that you were using their towers. So we're going to charge you. And I, oh. I, I won't tell you the number, but that's, uh, it's not that bad. The girl at the, at the phone place said it's not, it's, she's seen much worse. And when I asked what was worse, worse was way worse. But, yeah. uh, yeah, People don't have probably turn... streamed like really massive movies oh, constantly without realizing. You just you can be... fly to another country and just sit there for fourteen hours a day watching streaming movies on your phone. Hey, and I'm okay with like um, learning the lesson because on the other trips that I've taken, I've always had my shit on airplane mode. So like um, I learned my lesson, but the what generation. Is... What is gener airplane mode? Airplane mode is on your... Do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Just when you travel, you just put... You turn data roaming off. Or you. I think you can just flick it on airplane mode, and it just turns it into like an iPod touch. Okay, so it's just... It's like a safety. It just cuts you from using your data plan. Yeah. It, yeah. You can only use Wi-Fi. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, okay. you can use... I think you can still use Wi-Fi on... Or you might have to turn it off airplane mode. I'm not sure. But... Um, I'm scared for the generation not underneath us. They'll they'll be bad, but the generation generation underneath them. I hope that data is a lot cheaper because they're not going to give a fuck. They're going to be so used to like streaming stuff on their phone or their device. Yeah, so they're going to be like probably their bills are already crazy. Like parents are probably faced with crazy bills. I remember I would get in trouble for. Uh, downloading music when when we had like a dial-up like my dad would pick up the phone and it would be like the and i just hear joey are you downloading music again <laughs> and the bills would be like bigger but not huge like it wasn't that much because it took it took like hours to download enough for like half of a cd or whatever yeah it took a really long time people would download movies for days <laughs> be so excited or be so upset when the download failed <laughs> be so excited to download one song and then someone would pick up the fucking phone wow yeah i bought so many shitty cds i was thinking about it because i 
I read music magazines, and um, they I wasn't old enough to have my own kind of like taste and know what I really like. So I bought I bought so many bad CDs specifically because of there was no online sources for music, and yeah. I bought a lot of magazines. Magazines are like bad. I don't like them. Well, the magazines that you were reading were like were the big the man like like they were written by the record labels and stuff. Oh man. They're like just wanting to sell their product. And I you was, didn't realize it cuz you were just a you were just young. I was so hooked on it was the, such a trashy magazine, but it was so addictive. Did you ever read like I would bring over those Maxim Blender magazines? Yeah. They were so uh terrible but so well done. Like, uh, the covers were always of, like, there, it was usually of female musicians, and the covers were always really hot, Yeah. and the photo captions were funny, and, like, it was kind of like tablet, it was like music junk food magazine. Their ratings section was just, it so clearly was what you said. Like, the record company could have so easily threw them money to give, yeah. like, oh, give this album a four and a half star rating. Oh, yeah. And, like, this many people will buy it. Well, magazines, they make their their whole money. They make all their money from advertising. They don't make yeah. money from selling the magazine. It's all from advertising. So they need to please those customers. So it was probably built into like contracts with companies that, okay, we'll pay you this much, but you also need to run like a certain amount of content that we provide you under oh, your yeah. label. I'm yeah. sure there was crazy deals like that. <sighs> and they I'm just sure. throw money at Maxim. Those magazine companies must have made so much money. Oh yeah, that, it was a thick magazine too. Like there was a lot of yeah. advertising. And uh, let's just let's just say to the listeners out there, Maxim isn't around anymore. And when it when it was around, it was it was like it was on life support. It was so skinny. And uh, let I'm careful with my dollars now for music. Um, not so I Maxim's still spent. Maxim Blender, the music magazine, is dead. But Maxim Blender. is still... I don't know. Probably Maxim is still around. They just don't do Blender. No, they don't do Blender. A lot I'm of music surprised mag- there's any magazines. It's still, still such a... Uh, it's like such an impulse buy that... Yeah. Um, I haven't bought that... Sometimes I'll buy like a year-end, like a like best of 2012 music magazine but even then i'll flip through it like once i still buy more books i think than magazines but i don't know yeah you never bought magazines ever did you did you ever very rarely daily bread you would have bought i bought daily bread i bought i had a few issues of box i bought I think I I was going on a plane ride once, and I bought a blender. I bought one blender. Do you remember which one? Who was on the cover? I think it was Biggie. Biggie Smalls, and there was an an article on Biggie Smalls. It's a pretty good issue to get, then. Yeah. It was... uh, The the interview, or the the article kind of fell short. Oh. You really, like... It was not that insightful on Biggie Smalls. It'd be so good if we could resurrect those those people and and like listen to a podcast of Biggie Smalls. Well, we're we're so lucky because people after we're dead, not us specifically, but after certain people are dead, they're going to be like, 
we're so lucky that we have like <laughs> hundreds of hours after someone like Joe Rogan passes away. Holy shit. Like how much output he will have by that time. Even if he was to pass away now, like he's someone who's inspiring to me. Like just the sheer amount of work that he puts in. Yeah, it's incredible. To get stuff out. Yeah, he's been and, a uh, really big uh, influence. Yeah, was that the original influence for the first podcast that you sent me? Probably one of them. Yeah, a big one. Yeah, for sure. I was just obsessed with listening to people talk. Like I would listen to Terrence McKenna talk. Uh, oh, Ted uh, Ted lectures. Yeah. Like I just became a fiend for listening to people talk. And then I was like, I really want to talk. I, I, was, <laughs> I listened to a lot of Terrence McKenna on the trip. So awesome. It just, it makes you feel weird. Listening to him talk makes you feel different than listening to anybody else talk. He just, he articulates things in such a like, it just makes you go, whoa, like constantly. Yeah. It's a constant state of whoa. Yeah, and then we, it makes we, you just look around at what's going on around you, and it it looks different when you're listening to Terrence McKenna. It's great because he went so deep, but then you can just listen to that stuff and pull what you want from it and apply it. it yeah, like, like it's you a lot of it. A lot of it is just poetry. It's really <laughs> just poetry. Like there's no way you can really understand what was going on in his head. He's just trying to put into words this thing that he has experienced, but words just fail. Like, I mean, some of it really clicks, but then a lot of it is really just poetry, and it really just makes you think of other ideas. Like, I think of a lot of ideas when I listen to Terrence McKenna talk. Yeah, I did. That really have nothing to do with what he's saying, but it just triggers something weird in my brain. I had uh, I tried your thing where I did some doodles. I doodled and listened to him, and it go it goes well with doodling. Oh yeah, really well. Do you doodle, Todd, or do you sketch? I'm I'm more of a doodler. I think I'm more of a doodler. (laughs) (laughs) Do you doodle or do you or do you sketch? I'm a doodler. Yeah, I think the word sketch. I would think more of using a pencil. When I, you can like, sketch with sketching. a pen. Um, Sketching's like more like little strokes. Yeah, I don't know. I just think of like a, a, a when I think of sketching, it's a pencil and it's like shading. I don't know. I don't know why. That's pro- that's not everyone. That's not the meaning of the word, but that's just what I think of. Yeah, and you're you're a roller, not a grinder. Um. I like to grind. Yeah. Did you see I'm that? Just uh, not that good at it. <clears throat> did you see that Penticton edit with no. that the uh, the stuff that Leon was talking about? No. His, his newer skating. I just I watched it again before you called. Oh, uh, if people want to find it, it's go to ta- look up Task TV on YouTube, and it'll be the newest. It'll say Penticton weekend w but we can spell w-k-n-d and uh leon makes me so jealous because he can just take like some of our not our ideas but the essence of like creativity and he can be way better at it yeah because <laughs> he's so good at skating he did some really cool uh 
just rolling stuff that you could tell he had been on rec skates for a long time. And you did too, actually, this weekend. You did a couple of things with like pivot points and stuff that um, yours and Leon's skating have made me think more about my skating. I had that huge yeah. list written down, but I don't think there was anything to do with like pivot points or anything. There's so much that you can do with rolling. Yeah, I just think that people are so into grinding. Like grinding is such a standard that it's really being like it's not being pushed nearly as far as it could go. But just rolling, like there, it's infinite. There's so many different ways you can roll on rollerblades. Yeah. Well, and even when people don't grind, it's very linear. It's very A to B. Yeah, it's both feet landing at the same time, and then shifting. With both feet, it's we're trying to look like skateboarding a lot when we roll. When yeah. typically, like when we grind, we kind of break free of the body movements of skateboarding. But but rolling wise, people want to look like skateboarders Definitely. only going forwards. They want to look like skateboarders going forwards and backwards. Yeah, definitely. That's why uh, people don't like or when uh, Kevin and I were talking about like striding. Like, you know, when you're trying to skate really hard and you're swinging your arms? Yeah. And he was like, I'm not, I don't think I'm much of an arm swinger. It's like people don't want to swing their arms because it's yeah. like a Mizu. It's like doing Mizus. Or the, isn't that what he said? He's like, he's like, uh, actually, the skating position, it looks like a Mizu. <laughs> yeah. The stride. Yeah. The stride totally looks like a Mizu. That's why Mizu is like the go-to uh, make fun of a trick, but Mises are so sick. I can't do them very so well. Sick. Obviously, we talked a lot about close-footed Mises, but I don't even think... Like, you were doing alley-oop Mises on that box this weekend, and it just looked so fun. Yeah. You should go into fast slide. Like, Out of an alley-oop Yeah, because I've seen you do the 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 fast slide to Kyngram, but that was an anti-rocker. But you got the Celtics. Fast Fast plant to kind grind. Fast plant to kind grind. Fast plant to kind grind? No. Yeah, you did uh, You did a quick little fast slide and then dropped your foot down to kind grind in the blue shadows. Oh, yes. Yeah, so if you did alley-oop mizu and then quickly lifted up your sole foot and then just did a little like stylish Rob yeah. G fast slide, that would look really cool. Yeah, that would and be a, a freestyle trick. Yeah, and you wouldn't have... Oh, you could do it in Celtics. Yeah, I could. Maybe. I think you could. A little bit of wax. At least for a bit. Yeah, just the movement. Yeah. I've been thinking about this. Um, uh, Ian, who... Uh, Lacey's sister's boyfriend, saw the Skater of the Year thing yeah. and watched uh, the Richie Eisler... I think some of the edits that were posted... And he was like, it was really impressive to him, especially the Barcelona one, as someone who doesn't know anything about um, rollerblading, really. Yeah. He, he loved how, I think he really liked how fast he went, but he said the most interesting thing. He was like, you know what I really don't like, though? He's like, I don't like when people do like a few different tricks on a grind. And I thought that was such a interesting, like, uh, to an outsider. Yeah. Um, like that makes switch, so much sense. Switch-ups just... I think he was referring to, like, older Richie edits, maybe, because he watched a bunch of them. 
And Richie's newer stuff. Okay, sorry. Was he talking about switch-ups, or was he talking about, like, doing a few different tricks on one ledge? He was more talking about, like, um, just, like, when people try and do a bunch of switch-ups that don't look functional at all. Like, he, I think he stated it more like switch-ups just for doing switch-ups rather than, like, there's, like, snowboarding and skiing and and skateboarding. This is just his vision, though, that, like, like a really smoothly executed grind with like a nice body position that's held or whatever. Yeah. I think that's what he was talking about. He likes stuff that looks like smooth movements. That switch-ups and rollerblading can look really... Uh, uh, he just said, I don't, I don't like when people do a few different tricks. They can look r- really bad. Or not bad, but just kind of like kind of pointless or kind of like you're doing that just just for the sake of doing it. Yeah, that's all rollerblading was for a, <laughs> a few years as well. Yeah. Just switch-ups. Lots of switch-ups. I was I was doing it. I was into it. Yeah. That was my to be good at skating in my mind was to be able to do switch-ups on rails. It didn't matter yeah. if it was like a de- you just had to find any rail. Even it could be a flat rail and you just film doing different switch-ups. And to an outsider it may have looked all exactly the same and it may have been more impressive if you just did a simple grind going fast on the whole thing yeah it, 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 it's it crazy felt, how that can happen it may have felt better like if you just would have went to that spot not focused on doing the switch up just did a nice smooth grind you may have actually gotten more out of that too regardless of people were watching or yeah. not but I cut you off what, what were you saying um, it's just crazy how that can happen. Like how, like a few people made switch ups look really good, and then that's all that people want to do. Well, or that's like the that's like the that becomes the staple of the sport. It almost seems like the 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 um like the possibility of having the hot trick is getting less and less. Like, it used to be very easy. Like, one person would do, like, the first Unity or the first Sidewalk. Like, people would get really obsessed and focused on that one thing. Yeah. And everyone would start doing it. Yeah. But it's almost like now skating is, like, less... It's less possible to create trends in terms of tricks. Oh, skating's so trendy right now, though, if you look closely. Yes Tri- and no. Yes, like it is totally trendy, but but like trick wise, um, I think there is obviously trends, but less so than in the nineties. Like in terms of yeah, tricks. it's more broad. Yeah, it's, or sorry, it's broader. Um, but you can tell like the influence of uh, charging and pariah on skating. There's a very very specific. Uh, style. Oh yeah, that you have to have style-wise. I can't. Yeah, you can't break the code, man. There's a code. There's a religious movement of the body that is rollerblading. <laughs> it's like it's it's yeah, and and people try to move their body in the that in that way, the yeah. way that of the the way of the Broskow, <laughs> the way of the there's yeah. There's a movement 
Yeah. And there's there's definitely straying from that movement. Like uh, grinding the lower rail. Oh, oh, grinding the lower rail now. Okay, everyone, grind the lower rail now. <laughs> Stuff like that, or fakey five forty on street. Gotta have fakey five forty on street. Gotta have it. It's an important one. <laughs> I used to have it. I don't have it. I remember you fakey five the nine stair at Riverside. Yeah. I should go try that tonight, see what happens. Man, that doesn't seem like a fun trick at all. Like, um, It's uh, really hard to make look good because uh, people's arms always uh, swing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, they, it's hard to... Uh, you know how a 540, you can stomp it and your arms don't have to swing to the side? There's something about the rotation of a fakie 540 where the arms always like keep swinging. People do it on 720s as well. I think fakie fives look a lot better over tables or like uh, over launches. Launches like into yeah. banks, it looks yeah. way more fluid. Like over stairs, <laughs> I'm not sure if I've, if I've ever seen one that really, yeah, really I, stylish to me. I it's honestly kind of awkward on the landing, and I don't know. I can't seem reference fluid. a fakie five forty that I really like on street. Like over a set. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't think of one. Like out of banks, like out of natural street banks. Maybe is there a Dustin Latimer flat to flat? In like no, he SDN did off? such a nice. You know what Latimer did that was so fucking sick? It was a fakie five at the beginning of coup d'état. He rolls that bank fakie and then fakie fives into the bank. Yeah, and he didn't do the arm swing thing. No, he he was completely forward, like. Yeah. Oh, because it was into a bank. Into That's a right. bank. Yeah. yeah. It was like way more stylish. Something about flat to flat. It's the same thing as forward 360s. They're really hard on flat to flat. I've seen, I've, I can reference some 360s on street that I've really liked. Okay, like, my very first one, what, um, mine will probably be exactly the same as yours. What's your first one? On over stairs or like yeah. flat to flat? Yeah. yeah, what's your reference point? If you were to do one, who would you try and think of in your head? I, I would... Oh, who would I... I'm I'll not sure. Who one. would you be? Josh Petty, what do you believe in? Over... Oh, Un, yeah. Ungrabbed. I, I wouldn't worry about the grab. I would just worry about, like, getting the knees up. I think he did, like, kind of a shifty thing. That's... Those are my... I think that's my favorite. 360. Flat to flat. Which is interesting because it was very, very basic. Like the way he did it was very, like utilitarian. He just wanted to get the job done, and it looked so sick. It was everything, though. It was like the run up, and he like rips the thing off the wall first, and the like. Oh, how fucking badass is it when Josh Petty like crumples up the piece of paper and throws it down and starts skating like that? <laughs> you cannot top that. You cannot be more badass than that. Well, he, he had like off? he had the gold chain and the bandana. Holy fuck! Who's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ah. that's a good section. Really? I think uh, T.J. Weber may have had nice fakey fives, but I can't think of him doing one. He had nice three sixties, flat to flat. He had some nice. He would do nice. Really nice mute 360s. He has a really, really nice one in 
uh, wasteland yep. over like a grass cap. And you made it look like a skate park 360 on street. He did. But I think it was out of a launch, wasn't it? Like there was a launch that went over the grass? No, I think it was flat to flat. Oh. Yeah. I <clears throat> I was thinking about um, some of my favorite skaters weren't uh, big-time grabbers. They weren't huge grabbers. Big-time grabbers. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Dion Anthony wasn't... He wasn't a big grabber. He he did a lot of tricks. His grinds and things, his hands were always free for That's the most true. part. Yeah, I can't remember him ever. He always did like very uh, pronounced arm movements. I always imagine his style like very... He was very connected to the ground. I don't know how to explain that. But he wasn't a huge grabber. So. He was very connected to the ground. He was a roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He, uh, he in would, between... His rolls to slides were very like one thing. Yeah, he and we were talking about that well. this weekend. Hey, we were talking about when you're f- when set slides, uh, the transition point between rolling to set sliding when it's really smooth when you can't tell the difference, like. Does that make any sense? If you yeah. were doing a spinning unity cess slide, the point of going from a cess slide back to a roll, if your frame and your wheel is like kind of worn together, you can make them look really good. Yeah, they look good and they feel really good. Yeah, we're talking about wheels could be, or you were saying wheels could be thinner, the profile. They could. Yep. And uh, wheels I can't remember- need to fit, need to fit into. The frames that everyone's making at the same width. Well, I told you that thing. tragic. If anyone wants to experiment, I was thinking of doing this. Um, Roller hockey wheels. Like soft roller hockey goalie wheels. That can be, they're like 60 millimeter and the profile's really thin. I've I've heard good things. Hmm. Um, Yeah. That they might feel a little bit more like a rec skate but that you can grind in. So some turning, they'd be really sticky for like wall ride stuff, but turning would be really interesting. Yeah. And thin, like the skating on wheels with a thin profile at the, at the bottom, as opposed to like a flat profile, just feels so much better. Like a lot of the wheels, you see a lot of the wheels that get made and it's like, they look like skateboarding wheels. They're totally flat on the bottom. They look like a square. Because most people skate, them anti or freestyle yeah you but know? even even so like the striding on that would feel really shitty or like turning on those skates anti-rocker with square wheels <laughs> I'm just dumbfounded at how good people are in these shitty skates <laughs> <laughs> you had fun with anti-rocker for a little bit but then it wore off yeah, like I always get that's what I always get sucked in at by is watching people like Farmer and Chris Haffey and Broskow and they're so good and it's like, wait, they're an anti. <laughs> like they're, like they're doing these massive launches like full speed big gaps like total like 100% control and it's like they're an anti rocker. Maybe I should skate anti rocker. Oh, that's the worst. They can do it. Why that's can't I do it? And then I come to my senses. That's the worst. 
Oh, when when you culture is not your friend, Todd. No, it's not. <laughs> Pushes you away from what you are. I remember. Uh, I just had this thought where I just told myself I was gonna skate flat. The for for the rest of my skating life because grinds just aren't that important. No, I just I need to do like. I, as long as I can do a sole grind, a royale once in a while, a top sole, a back royale, I'm pretty good. I enjoy myself quite a lot just with those ones. Yeah, and, and especially rolling... especially with Celtics. Yeah, I Take really flat and still get get down on the grinding. <laughs> I'm so torn between. Um, I love the Celtics and I love the Volo frames. I wish there was something between those two. One thing that I'm really really digging on the Caltics is the length. I really like the length of that frame. Are they a lot shorter than Volos? They're a little bit shorter than Volos. They're lighter, but um, I just wish the groove. It takes some getting used to. I just wish it was like not as deep. But um, I still don't think it's that deep. It, just, it just looks deep. It's an it, illusion. Yeah, it looks deep because the the plastic extends so far over the wheels. But if yeah. if you imagine it without the plastic, like it's a pretty small groove. Are you like sure? Because like yeah. the side, the way that it, the way that the they made those like concave things, I wish that those weren't there. Okay, the concaves. I can like, see that. I can see that. Um, like sometimes royales. Royales aren't that good in Celtics because well, of that. Because of that, like concave. Yeah, I like being on an edge, like on more of an edge rather yeah. than like. Even when I get low on my royales, my back foot has to be like in a very specific position every yeah. time, and it's really hard to like bone your back foot over. That yeah. just could be like an old school thing. But in the velos, no, velo frames, I can bone my foot over more. Cause it, and because it's a the groove's a little bit lower on Velos. But it's but it's funny because like I totally hear what you're saying. Like for Royales, Celtics aren't that good, but then they're really good for backfars. <laughs> like you can't like you can't do backfars in Volo frames flat. Hey Todd, like, am stick I a, really bad? Am I a backfarver though? You're not. I've seen you do some backfars, but no, you're not a backfarver. <laughs> I'm. I love backfars. They feel so You're, good. Well, like to do a backfarve feels so good. You have that really. You got like the lazy arm and your feet are spaced together. Oh but damn! Like, and, and like I said it in the Kevin Yee podcast, and he was the same. Like if, if we do like a backfarve or a torque, we usually end up laughing because <laughs> it like feels like we're making fun of rollerblading. Like when I do a backfarve, it's like, oh look at me, I'm doing a grind <laughs> on rollerblades. That's what I feel like. It's it's like time. a star grind. <laughs> star grind. Is that what that what it's actually called? Like a forward porn star? I think it's just yeah, forward porn star. I think. Remember I when know. people used star- to always do forward porn stars to Royale? Yes. <laughs> isn't that like what Battle My Crew Canada should have been called? Yeah, porn star to Royale. <laughs> I never did that. I've done a lot of Mizus to Royales. Um, but I was never uh, a big into Star Kinds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny Theps was up. 
it was like a couple, a few years ago, and I was like, hey, we should put in Battle My Crew Canada and have like a diss session, and then we got like halfway through it, and we were just so tired and and not enjoy like it it backfired. <laughs> yeah, like, it was so bad that we couldn't even have a diss session. Like it's so, it's so embarrassing. It wasn't even funny. No, it was it, was it wasn't that, entertaining like, on any level. No, there's some so good ever. sections in it that that kind of have aged well, but like that. Yo, that reminds me, you should put up the battle my crew sections. You know what? I've been like, thinking about it, and I, there's just something holding me back still <laughs> about those ones. They're they're hilarious. They're um. As documents, they're so funny. Yeah, it's true. They just remind me of like a very specific way that I viewed the world. Yeah, and that but they're makes me so... uncomfortable. Oh, it's but it's the same shit as like you put illusion up, and yeah. under Canadian skies and how to be unpopular. Just gotta Those represent not... the same thing. I just like even how to be unpopular. I just feel so bad about. We were just naughty teenagers, but I guess that's what you are when you're a teenager. Yeah. Just a naughty boy. Aren't you happy that you were? Yeah. Well, it, everyone, every like everyone's dad was a was a bad teenager. Like it's they were, um, they were a bad teacher teenager, or they're a really angry old man because they realized that they should have been a fucking little shit when they were a teenager. Well, here's the problem, and this is what I've learned in retrospect, is that um, you have so much energy, you have so much energy, and you're going to fucking high school, which for me, there was only like a few things, like if I could make a video for a class, or there was drama class, there was like certain things where I just like, some of that energy I could let loose. But then I was playing like organized sports, and there was homework, and like, um, there's just this energy that you have to put in a direction, and your parents aren't gonna like be able to see what your talent is or whatever, unless you have like really, really, really insightful parents that can completely support you. Like that's why uh, some of that like you know teenagers vandalize shit or. Um, it, what it, it's we it's our way of getting into a flow state right so like now we can go to a skate park or you can go out filming or you can do a podcast or whatever and we have like these outlets that are really healthy and we don't have to go vandalize things like we're smarter <laughs> we're smarter at tapping into flow states but when you're a teenage kid you don't even know what a flow state is but you know that yeah. you can get a really quick shortcut into a flow state by like punching a sign or <laughs> tipping over a garbage can, you know? Yeah. It's really just energy. Like and it's yeah. misguided energy. It's it's just like ignorant energy. It's just like you know that you want you just to being a teenager is just wanting. It's just wanting to have fun, wanting to it, just express your like move and like yeah, punch shit, smash shit. We used to go and just like throw apples at cars, or like just go knock on someone's door and run. Like, like <laughs> it's just like it. you just want to have fun, man. But how do you have fun? How do you how do you make fun productive? I don't know. Fuck that. I just want to have fun. I don't care. And there's so much when, yeah, when you're a teenager, there's so much that 
you you are expected to do like yeah go to school go to organized sports everything is like everyone is so concerned with molding you and like shaping your mon- your young mind that it like it's really backwards like kids are just they spend so much time doing shit that they hate yeah and then they just they get angry and that's why they break shit and that's why they act out is cuz they're like that's uh, how can you expect like a 15 year old to go to school every day and then go to soccer practice after school and then come home and do homework like a 15 year old well that's what i'm saying is that the if there was <clears throat> i don't know that would never happen but if there was like if i had a video class or there was a skate park by the school or i don't know there was time allotted to work on some of these things or like people were allowed like people who were into graffiti or music or whatever like there was there was like teachers or mentors that could i don't know help guide these kids through these things i don't know maybe that's our job now who knows you know what i mean like if if it was less but i don't know i don't know if like totally i don't know if like i think to a certain extent it's healthy for kids to do shit that they don't want to do because that's the reality of living is that there's so much shit that you should do that you don't want to do but shit that's good for you like think about how how much you grew from like having a job like having a job that you hated going to because you were like 18 and you just wanted to hang out but the experience of that is vital to like like um accepting the way reality is it's like you're just a bitch like yeah that's why i think follow your passion is such a bullshit statement it should be follow your passion but make sure and do shit that you want to (laughs) do or that you don't want to do follow your passion but you're going to have to do shit you don't want to do to follow your passion that should be the full statement yeah or like don't don't (laughs) Don't follow your passion. Find passion in whatever you're doing. Like find Oh yeah, that's good too. Find the way to enjoy going to work. Find the way to enjoy everything that you do. Like that's the secret. Not that I do that. But it's really terrible. if you can just <laughs> enjoy each moment for really what it is and just like not judge it like, oh I'm at work now, I'm not supposed to have fun or I'm not supposed to enjoy this. It's like, no, it's still your life. It's still you and you can you can benefit so much from that experience and you can learn so much you can meet people you can like there's so much benefit to it even though it's not this thing that you're obsessed with like you can't like it's for most people it doesn't work to be obsessed with one thing that just leads to crazy suffering like you want to you want to go do other things and then it intensifies your love for other things you gotta have time away. It's well, it's in front of you all the time, at all times of the day. You can you can choose to tap into it or not. And a lot of the times we're not tapping into it. But it's you there don't. all the time. What? The magic, the like flow, the enjoyment of life. It's always yeah. there. It is always there. It's just a choice. Yeah. It's hard. It seems so it's easy. So, it's so hard to make that choice. You could read when you every have, fucking When you have book. diarrhea, is it still there? <laughs> is it still possible 
to find enjoyment in that moment where your stomach's just rotting and you're just spraying piss out of your ass? There is, well, <laughs> diarrhea is a different story, but there is <laughs> a certain, there's a lot of truth to that statement. And I said when we were hiking with Dana, uh, the the 90% is showing up or whatever. Yep. Just just show up. Persistence. It's a, st- a really good start. And finishing things is really important to Yeah. It's hard. It can be hard to finish things. Yeah. It's it's good to get in the habit of finishing a lot of different things. Oh, that's the best because then you get uh I always feel like you get a lot of stuff back in return. Oh, yeah. You get that's a lot of uh Big returns. And it big. Is so, it's just so healthy to, like, you get in the habit of doing that, of, like, just creating tons and tons of crap, and then the fear really goes away, the fear of judgment, like, the fear of... Because a lot of people are, are really afraid to create things that people can look at and talk about and judge and possibly say bad things about. Like, that, people... That's what stops a lot of people from making things or fear doing something that they want to do but they're just afraid of other people not saying nice things about it or like you know but when you create stuff a lot of different stuff then you just really stop caring because you're just so used to negative feedback positive feedback no feedback whatever it's not that's not what it's about it's not about the feedback it's about the process of doing it and you're yeah. giving yourself that gift of that having that experience. That's the important. That's the important thing. You learn to reap the benefits of of doing that. Of like like just talking ab- about all this stuff and like forcing yourself to do a podcast to talk is really healthy. I love the solo ones. I can't wait to record some more solo ones. Yeah, you're up. I, I know. I feel like. Um, that we're disappointing our listeners with these heavy hitters, and then it's just us. <laughs> but see, I, 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 yeah, that that might be true. But I think, but that's a good thing, I guess. There's something really awesome about these. Like, it's good to get the heavy hitters to like draw a more of an audience. But I think, like, I think that the the way that it's more entertaining is when it's just a conversation. Yeah. When it's just people talking. And I think it'll take a long time for people, like, um, for a lot of people, they just expect, like, an interview. Yeah. And it's it's really hard to have a conversation with someone that you've never met that's on Skype. It's like, it's really hard to have a natural conversation. Like, it's it's interesting to listen to. It is really awesome. But I think the the really, the ones that you can really just sink into are the ones where people just forget it's even going on. It's just a conversation. And that happens yeah, cool. with friends. Like there's something that can, that can happen. Something is happening. It's happening. It's really happening. I don't know where it's going though. No, no one does. You just have to, everyone keep... knows it's happening. I know. And a lot of people don't, don't, uh, say anything. Okay. I was in, I had to drop off, uh, like, an old cable box and like a remote to Shaw at North yeah. Hills Mall. <laughs> yeah. And have, when was the last time you went inside of North Hills Mall? North Hills. That's not North, okay. North, North Shore. 
not Tom's Mall. Park. The North Shore Mall. North Hills. Whoa, I think the last time I went into North Hills was with you into, like, a drugstore to get water. Hey, the drugstore doesn't even count. Like, when have you gone to the center <laughs> of it? Like, where the, where, like, the Kino and Lotto thing is. And we there's, hung- like, cra- there's crazy fucking people everywhere. Yeah, Walk, it's, like, it's another dimension, and and none of these people. <clears throat> I'm I'm sure like, well, there was a lot of really old people, really really old people, and there was like so many stores that had like closing sale and so many like empty spaces that didn't even have stores in them. But the mall was kind of crowded. But there was like a lot of really like unstable looking people and people that were like playing lottery like Kino or whatever waiting to die and on like machines that were helping move them around and um, these people don't know that it's happening I don't think they know I think I like entered a time warp where a lot of people didn't know and I wish they could know but it, there may be two species of pe- of of people I don't well, know. There's, well, yeah, there's a lot of people that are just totally negative about everything. There's a lot of people that don't have joy in their life. There's going to be a large population of of people that uh, that retire, and and then above them, um, a lot of people that that uh, pass on to wherever you go when you die, and it's going to get really interesting. <laughs> Like a blazer game, Todd. A blazer game is like seventy to sixty percent like silver tip, gray haired people. Yeah, I've like, always thought about how interesting it's going to be when, like, I I honestly think that a lot of the people that are our age now and, and even older, because of technology, because of the way the world is, people are they're they're going to be very different old people than the old people of today. Like, the old people of today, a lot of them, they don't know that it's going on. They don't understand the way the world is. They they grew up in a time where nothing changed, and they, they their, their minds worked very differently, and they're very confused at this point at the way the world is. They're very confused with... Oh, the 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 internet is is changing everything. Like there there'll be a time when old people are at home on the internet. Like when we are seniors. Like if the world is still around and functioning, and I really hope it is. I don't want everything to collapse. I really hope that we can be old and live in a somewhat functioning world. We're gonna be we're gonna be online, or we're gonna be on whatever online is when we're that age. We're going to be tapped into it. We're accustomed to change. There isn't going to be a time when like new things come out and we're like, oh, not interested. No, I'll just stick with my computer when you can like enter a matrix and and skate in a virtual reality while you're lying in bed. No, I'm I'm cool here. We we adapt. We're a new creature. So when everyone in the world, even the senior citizens, are tuned into that, that's going to be a a crazy world. Yeah, I swear there's going to be two species of human beings. There's going to be like completely connected to technology and then people that completely uh reject it. There may be yeah. some people, there may be some in-betweeners, 
but you'll have to be uh, really on top of your your game to to cross to cross over into both worlds. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I've always thought, yeah, there's going to be a technology that a lot of people are opposed to because they'll say it's just too much. It's just too integrated with technology. It's like you're not human anymore. They'll look at it as not being human, and then half the other half of the world will look at that as like, no, it's like more human than human. It's very human, and and you like, why wouldn't you go to that? It's such a better existence. And then, you know, yeah. So then there may be like two different like dimensions that people live in and you kind of you have to choose. You you like it'll be like once you're 21, you have to choose a dimension to live in. Like you grow up, they'll they'll create this thing where you grow up in this certain child dimension where it's very natural and but you learn about the other dimension and then you reach a, a legal age and you have to decide whether you're going to cross over or if you're going to stay. Fuck. That's that's too crazy to think of. And I also have the white zombie song "More Human Than the Human." You know that one? Yeah. More human than the human. That'll be, that'll be the theme song of the other dimension. The other dimension will be so awesome. <laughs> I remember I felt so badass. Astro Creep 2000 the white zombie CD oh. and there was like the porno sounds at the start. Yeah. With the riffage. Yeah. Oh, it was wasn't it in that song? More human than the human. Was that the More first song? More human than the human. Yeah. Uh no, no, it was like the second song. Uh it had like the riffs. It was like Dana. and then like the girl going like ah, ah, Yeah, that was a pretty badass. That was a pretty badass song. I loved getting those like CDs or movies where you just felt like you weren't supposed to have them. Yeah, it was so badass. And I remember the art like in the in the CD cover for Astro Creep was really really like dirty but really well done, really badass. It was like uh, some creepy little like midget holding his cock or something weird like that, <laughs> wasn't it? It had like fuck- weird art on it. And I remember like trying to like replicate it and like drawing it. I remember trying to draw like sexy like a uh, lady death. I remember trying to draw lady death like big boob and I just couldn't do it. It's yeah, Tried that's to tough. I yeah, I've tried to draw like uh busty like as a teenager and the the boobs are always way too big. And yeah, the boobs, work. the boobs always like go into the arm. Yeah. <laughs> It's a really hard, hard thing to replicate. No wonder. And then like, the face, like if, trying to draw like a hot chick face, <laughs> she always looks like so fucking disgusting. Like some like, it like looks like a blow up plastic plastic surgery nightmare face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a hot chick I'm drawing. Have you seen the documentary uh, Crumb? Crumb. It's probably if you have Netflix on Robert Crumb the. You, you'll never it forget it if you watch it. Sweet. It's about an artist. There's just this part. Fritz the Cat it's, it was a famous comic from the 60s, the late 60s. Yeah. He lived in San Francisco or whatever, but it's like about how how crazy he is and his family. But this part where he's like drawing... Fritz the Cat was like really famous for like pornography cartoons. And it was yeah. this cat that just loved to like... 
he had sex with lots of women or whatever. And he was the guy was really good at drawing, like accentuating the female figure. But he was he's such a weird, nerdy dude. Have you seen Ghost World? His character's Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah, is based on based on Crumb. Huh. Interesting. I Am really I liked. Up? Uh, almost. I was gonna suggest. Oh. That I have to pee. take a break. We'll take a break. But I, I wanted to say, American Splendor was really. Good. Hello. Hello. It was breaking up there. It was. At the Usually happens at about an hour. Yeah, perfectly an hour. But I was thinking about something. What's up? That I really want to talk about. Let's who, do it. who do you think is going to be the next person in rollerblading to start a podcast? Um, like I was thinking I, about that. I always think, like for a for a professional rollerblader to do it, it's so smart. Because if you think about, like. If you think about how much you learn about someone from just listening to them talk, and I'm not even talking about like learning about their life, just like feeling a connection to them, like feeling like what? Like you don't get to know someone any better than listening to them in a podcast. Todd, Todd, Todd. Let's just break down a term that you used. What did I use? Professional rollerblader. Yeah, okay, it's a joke, but <laughs> I guess but there are people, there are people who are like they that's that's what they that's what they do. I know, I know, but I'm saying just just the whole world built around professional rollerblader. It does it really mean anything? Well, the word professional it's it's a funny thing. It's a very funny thing because people have an emotional connection to the word professional. But all that word means is that you make money doing something. That's all that that means. Okay. That's the that's definition right. of okay. the word. That's the definition. So there are people who are trying to make money from rollerblading. And there's people that do make money. Do make money, yeah. Not a lot of money, but... Yeah. It's possible that that could change. I don't see it changing anytime soon. I, I see a lot of people who are like pursuing rollerblading as a profession now. I see them getting really broke and burnt out on it and not making any money and then quitting. But but maybe in like 10, 15 years, there'll be a generation that's like lucky enough to actually make a decent living at rollerblading and it's not just it's it'll be like like being in a orange juice ad or or being like in a hat company ad yeah it's, it's or whatever. difficult to say where it's going but i i think there's a there's a larger uh um idea at play sorry i'm a smacker smack there but and, yeah, and, and, and sorry sorry the idea that i was think like i i said professional but even just like like we do rollerblading as as like our like I love to do roll <laughs> I love to do rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> you should make a shirt that says that. <laughs> and 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 the way I see it 
is like um it's like okay I'm fascinated by the impact that rollerblading can have on people. Like I'm fascinated at how I can express something to people through rollerblading that it sounds like super super pretentious. But hey, okay. Go on. I'll, I'll okay. But the podcast like r- revealing certain things about people like people said after listening to the Happy podcast they appreciated Hafi's skating more because they felt like they knew him more. And when you feel like you know someone, everything that they do becomes infinitely more interesting. Like, because you know a lot about somebody, you can can watch something of them that's really uninteresting, but because you know so much background on them, it changes their character. It's like the more you know about a character in a movie. So isn't that the goal of like a, like a role blader? Isn't that the goal? It's like to make, it's like people are focused on making their role blading interesting, but to make their role blading interesting, they need to make themselves interesting and they need to, it, like if someone that you idolize, like you watch, not idolize, but if you watch someone a lot and you enjoy just everything that they do, how awesome would it be to watch them rollerblade? Yep. You, <clears throat> there's one word that captures everything that you were talking about. What is and it? it's why Ryan Gosling is good in Drive. It's why Bill Murray's awesome. It's why Crispin Glover's awesome. Give me the secret! Depth. Depth. That's the secret. Yeah. You get so many... If there's so many emotions and feelings and layers attached to something, you're right. You can yeah, keep returning to it, and there's you can't you can't figure out why you feel something. I think it's just depth. Wow, yeah, that's that's a awesome word. It's depth. Well, and then with like uh, David Lynch or whatever, right? How deep you want to go when you, do you want to go when you go fishing? So you make a podcast. You make a video, you write an article, um, I don't know, I guess it creates a bigger body of water of that surrounds your world or something like that. I don't know. Depth is what, what came to me. The other thing, the what I wanted to say, like the bigger idea, I'm going to smack, I tried to like hide the smack. The bigger idea is, uh, especially watching things like Pariah, um, I would... I would be really excited if everyone just went solo for a while or broke <laughs> her off into maybe some smaller like cat duos maybe like two people or want like what Chris Haffey did with the Blade games or whatever like I want Chris Farmer to maybe break off and go solo just chrisfarmer.com he can make edits how he wants to make them he can do podcasts he can you know what I mean like the more and and on top of this, maybe if people weren't even getting paid to do this, if people just had to go solo or break off into smaller groups, I think things would be more interesting. I just, I just figured it out. <laughs> okay, I just, me. I just figured out what we need to do. What's and up? okay, it's it's it, it was inspired by exactly what you were saying. What we need to do for the next ten years. <laughs> 
Okay. okay. This is a 10-year plan for rolling. Okay. So I'll be 40 when it's done. And I'm not totally sure how we're going to execute it, but okay. we'll figure that out. We'll figure Let's out hear. the logistics. Okay. I'm excited. This is the 10-year plan. Yeah. What we need to do is develop a panel of of role-biting um of role-biting like wise men. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> and we we watch everything that comes onto the internet. So we watch all the edits and everything. And we select things that we feel all the different things that we it's a small selection of role-biting edits that come out, but it's things that we feel are very um interesting and unique and and indiv- like represent avenues that people can take role-biting and things that we perceive as being free of role-biting culture do you see what i'm like like the like matt ledoux edit or like dominic sagona section from second regime would be allowed and we create this network of of videos that that role biters when they first start they have to they have to they can only watch those things and there may be like only one or two things that come out in like a year or like 6 months but they're only allowed to watch the things that are selected by the wise men of role biting they're not allowed to like go on roll news and watch every fucking edit that comes out they start role biting and they they they're only fed those videos until they reach a mature age where they're set free onto the internet and they can watch whatever they want. Here's the problem, Todd. <clears throat> to find a wise man in any uh, category, um, the, the wise man kind of like you. That the, the wise man is already there. And that if we were to create a committee of wise men, then then we'd pretty much be trying to make like a religion around skating, and and if there was like these crazy wise men dispersed, like that were like, and I don't think it's in ten years these wise men will exist in maybe thirty or forty years. Like they're going to be old, and it's going to be hard to find them. They might be so jaded from rollerblading that they're going to be like drinking in a pub somewhere and wearing a cloak. <laughs> and you have to seek them out, and then it's their choice if they want to like train you or not. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> Doesn't that make more sense? <laughs> and um, these wise men would be so much better than the committee. They would be so against the committee. They would. Uh, they maybe would have actually been on the committee, and they were banished from the committee. Okay, scrap. The... Okay, scrap the wise men idea. It's just me. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna select all the videos that e- every rollerblader can see. <laughs> okay. I think Shock tried to do that. Shock University. Shock. Oh, they, they tried to do like Shock. A, yeah, they wanted to do Shock University, yeah. It's a funny thought, though, and it, it's totally something that a dinosaur like myself would say, is that, like, you want... Everyone's, everyone's advice for everything is do what I did, because what I did worked. <laughs> and, and, like, the whole thing comes from, like, oh, well, when I started rollerblading, I didn't have the internet, 
And look how awesome, like, our generation is so much healthier than the new generation coming up. It, you hear it over and over and over. And the older generation says that, oh, it should be done the way I did it when I grew up because what I learned from my experience is so valuable. But there's an, uh, there's an infinite number of different experiences and different, different ways that people could, like, learn their lessons and, diff like, different ways that people could grow. One person can't say their way of finding what uh, whatever out about life is the right way like it's ridiculous you know uh we talked about it a while ago yeah um i think there's just like this it thing and it could be the same it that we were talking about and some people just fucking have it and some people don't and you may only have it for a little bit or you might plateau and not have it there's and just some it people who are a lot of different things. Yeah, but I still think there's like a universal thing that can't be really named when someone really like something really comes through their skating, some kind of like their soul or <laughs> I, I don't want to call I don't want to call it anything, but like. Uh, but it's funny because it can come through such a different combinations of qualities and 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 methods like. For, for they're like certain some people are really really healthy, and they put really healthy nutrients into their body, and they exercise, and they meditate, and they do yoga, and they do everything for their body, and and that's what puts them into it. And then there's some people who just get fucked up and eat McDonald's and do crazy drugs. Oh, that's and they the classic. find it. That's the classic though. We need that because. The duality of dark, dark and light. I think it's still it. It's still there between. There's like a middle point between those two. That that um, for me, I keep writing down like I don't think it's it's right to be overly wild in life, and I don't think it's right to be overly spiritual. And I think if you're somewhere like smack dab in the middle, kind of like fate or kind of like drifting between the two is like that right amount of uh, internal conflict yeah. that'll make you grow and then there's there's always going to be people that you connect with on either side there's always going to be like those dark personalities or dark dark music or movies or whatever and then there's going to be the the more lighter spiritual stuff so i think, I think it's a really healthy place to be where you can like enjoy different all the different well, aspects yeah. and you yeah. can also make fun of all the different aspects like oh, you can make fun mm. of things that you do you can find Actually, the humor in dissing what you do you know like when people take like robotting so personally and when people like bash it and they get really mad doesn't that don't you think it would be healthier if they could they could find the humor in making yeah. fun of role-playing, or if they yeah. could find the humor in making fun of going to the gym, or if they could find... Like, making fun of yourself, just finding the ridiculousness in it, it just means that you're looking at it from a, from a more general, a more broad perspective. You're humor not like, may... You're uh, not that. Yeah. You're just uh, a person. Uh, not taking yourself seriously may actually be the perfect middle point between the two. But it's even hard to stay there. It, yeah. And it's super healthy because it took me forever to uh, like uh, 
yeah, not a chip on my shoulder, a gaping hole, and it's my own goddamn fault. But um, to to yeah, like be like to to joke around about the rollerblading. Rollerblading is funny. It took it me forever. And joke. maybe if you catch me on a bad day, I might totally like it. Could be the the little thing that cracks my shell if I'm like in a bad place or whatever. Oh yeah, I've, but, I I I I have gotten very angry. Not I haven't like I've kept it bottled inside, but I I have gotten very angry when people make just like just very surface level jokes about yeah. rollerblading, and, and it it's makes... so ridiculous. But it, it makes it's sense, nature. Though. It's natural. Like humans yeah. from the beginning, they defend. We like our egos. Just like are ridiculous. Our egos are crazy psychos that live inside of us that just like inflict us with anger when there's nothing to be angry about. Of course, rollerblading's funny. If you didn't rollerblade and you saw pe- like rollerblading is the funniest fucking thing around. Of course. <laughs> why would it's you? That. Why would you take offense to that? It's a joke. It just looks funny when people put on skates. Why would you get so fucking upset? You know, like, it's just... People are built to do that. They're built to just defend their place. and Like, it's biology. It, like, if you think of it, it, like, strapping wheels to your feet and expressing yourself, it's so... Uh, it's, like, really gay. Yeah. Can you hear that? Oh, my goodness. Is that the cat? Yeah. What's he doing? His ego is just like taking charge, and he's just feeling sorry for himself, just <clears throat> wallowing in self pity. Shit! Must have felt the vibes. And, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it. The uh, is that Tonky? Yeah. Yeah. See, he's got depth to his face. There's a lot a of depth lot there. going on. A, yeah. a universe. An infi- like, you can look into his eyes and see the Big Bang. Like, his eyes, you can look into all of human history. You can see dinosaurs. <laughs> it all, it goes back to the very beginning. Yeah, it's too bad because cats can't knowledge. express themselves, you know? It is too bad. <laughs> I hope, I really hope in the future there's a technology that you can, like, put on your cat and they can just share with you all the wisdom. Like, if there was a technology that could just take, like, impulses of of living organisms, whether it's a plant or, or a person or an animal, and it would just spit it into, like, a language that you could understand, even if it was really, like, the, the language of a tree would just be, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But if it was well, just, like, sun... Need sun, water, water. I always thought about if I lived my life like like uh, Tunsis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tunsis, the cat that lived in like you'd be so wise. You know when they just spend, they fucking meditate for really extended periods of time. Yeah. Just stare stare at nothing for hours, and then Ow. they'll walk. They'll walk around very slowly. And then they'll sleep, they'll eat, and they'll shit. They probably have some really great interpretations of what we're doing. They live the lives of monks. <laughs> They're like little monks. 
<laughs> cats are more like monks than dogs. They just chill for lo- and they well, other than the fact that they sleep like eighteen hours a day. That's cats, good though. They just sleep. How healthy? Like, would it be healthy for a person to sleep eighteen hours a day? Like, would um, you just wake up for those? For those four hours where you just wake up and have so much energy and just if you if you like I think that would be the perfect lifestyle for like a professional athlete. If you just slept long periods of time and then you woke up and just exerted yourself like crazy and then went and slept for eighteen hours and just <laughs> Think about the famous cartoon about a cat that could that, that you could hear his thoughts. Who who is that cat, Todd? Garfield? Yeah. Garfield was fucking awesome. He was. And then, <clears throat> unfortunately, I didn't watch the movie, but who ended up being the voice of Garfield in the movies? Was it Bill Murray? Yeah, it was. Holy shit. The, the, the director or whoever had the vision of Garfield wanted that man to be the voice of a cat, of, of the course. most famous cat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you see the, wow. see the parallel there? Boom. <laughs> Fuck. Why doesn't... Okay, why the fuck doesn't Bill Murray have a podcast? That would be like the most... That would be the biggest podcast in the world, and how much fun would he have doing it? He's really smart, though. He's, uh... I wish... I wish I could draw more. It could be a generational thing. He's just really smart. He doesn't do much of anything. Like, he's, he's... He admits that he's a very lazy person, and it's really hard to get a hold of him. And I, and I I would love to be closer to that lifestyle than this he's one. Just he's so lucky that he doesn't have he doesn't do, have to do anything unless it's like you're gonna pay me half a million dollars. Well, he doesn't even have an agent. There's a yeah. There's a he runs a, the fucking show. Well, there's a number that you can call and leave a message, and that they're not even sure if he checks it. The fact that he doesn't have an agent is amazing. Um, a really cool story about Lost in Translation. Sofia Coppola, who the daughter of shit, um, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, who did Godfather and Apocalypse Now. Yeah. She couldn't. She wrote the script specifically for him, and it could be debated if it's about them meeting in Japan. Like that's one theory that I have. But anyways. She wrote the script for him. She wouldn't make them. She probably wouldn't make the movie if he wouldn't. She couldn't get a hold of him. She could not get a hold of him. So she finally, through her dad, called like Robert De Niro or Al Pacino or something like that, and got like the voicemail number. And even then, she kept calling. And then I think finally, he called back and he said he was going to do it. But there wasn't really much of a confirmation, and they didn't even see him until the day of filming in Japan, and they didn't even know if he was going to show up, and he just showed up, like, yeah, I'm fucking here, let's do this, like, whoa, <laughs> that's the way to do it, to just, like, he, yeah, he does have it, because money-wise, he doesn't have to do that much, and after, um, do you want to hear one more awesome yeah. story? This is um, fascinating. Did you ever watch The Razor's Edge? I think I did. Where he goes on a spiritual quest. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a famous novel where he's, he's about to marry into a really rich family. Yep. 
Um, yeah, and then he just sees the pointlessness of it all. Yeah. And then goes on a quest and lives in France and reads lots of books or whatever. He only did Ghostbusters so he could make that movie. That's the only reason he did Ghostbusters. And then after Ghostbusters came out, he ditched with his wife and his kids and lived in France for like a few years and just watched movies and studied philosophy and read books. Wow. Yeah, he's just, he's always been um, like one, not even one foot in, just like a toe barely in. That's the way to do it. Yeah, he knows what's up. That's why he doesn't have a podcast. He's he kind of like he's he's in he knows something and he just when he like when he performs on camera or whatever, he just <clears throat> he's in tune with that thing, you know? Yeah. All the time. And there's a certain degree of like how you said like darkness and grumpiness or whatever that comes through and that's so much a part of it. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't put it on. He's like perfectly in the middle. And then then the depth or whatever that we were talking about. Like he doesn't act. He just fucking shows up and is is whatever it is. I don't <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. But like he's just so above and beyond. I mean Ryan Gosling. Well, he's above he's above trying. Yeah, really? and you know how hard it is to get there? Do you know how hard it is to not try? And to not try and to genuinely not care. That's why Something he was like, the voice of Garfield. Yeah, Bill Murray just, just genuinely, more than anyone that I could reference, does not give a fuck. No. He doesn't care. No. And th- that is really what's so beautiful about even when he's when he's acting you can tell that he's not trying to please the director he's just like you came to me and we're going to do this the way it's going to go down and he's not he's just he's just doing it he's just being what he thinks he should be 100%. and you can't you can't can't replicate it because it's something that comes from such a specific place within him. Yeah. Like you cannot you couldn't you could study his movies for like 30 years and try and replicate it and you wouldn't have it. I think everyone everyone has like a Bill Murray in them. Not oh, not yeah. someone not someone who acts like Bill Murray, but everyone has the the apex of who they are. Everyone has the ultimate uncensored uninfluenced unconditioned thing of who they are yeah and yeah. and it's the people like it it's so hard to be that because it's so scary and there's so much influence and there's so much pressure to be other things and to dilute what that is and a lot of people are ashamed of what that is a lot of people spend their lives hiding what that is instead I think, uh, of bringing it out because they're so they're scared because what's inside of them what they really are is a fucking freak and they're just <laughs> they're afraid <laughs> but they don't like the the amount of the 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 life that they would live the pleasure 
of living that they would experience if they had the balls to be that. That's why they're so angry is because a part of them knows that they want to be that, but they're just too afraid. Yeah, everyone does have a little bit of Bill Murray in them, hey? Of course. Everyone's capable. Everyone's capable. But not ev- like people not everyone is like could is 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 innately like lazy. Like for some uh, people it's a, an extremely like hard working crazy like there's different levels of yeah, that yeah. ultimate. Everyone has a different ultimate that they want to be. Yeah. The one thing that I that I've read about Bill Murray that I relate to quite a bit, and it could be the the Irish genes, but like, um, apparent like, uh, what was it? Dan Aykroyd called him the Murricane because he apparently just has wild mood swings. And I, that's totally <laughs> I I just related to that so much. I I can just have like the most ridiculous mood swings. That I think some. Some days, some days people just don't know what Joey they're gonna get, well, I think and I'm like, fine with that. I'm so fine with wearing that face, like wearing a face that people would be like, "What the fuck is up with Joey?" Yeah, it's good. I don't well, want to hide that. That is like I think the ultimate version of of a lot of people, where you're not gonna be the same person every day. Like people appear to be very consistent because they really they restrict their own what they express on the outside. So naturally, unhealthy. naturally people have good days and bad days. Naturally, people are really grumpy or really like really scattered one day or just really like unmotivated or really like people obviously people have different go through different moods, different situations bring out different things in them, but a lot of people they try to be like the same whether it's raining or sunny, whether they're having a good day or bad day, they try to put on the same happy face and they just try to be nice to everyone because they just want people to accept who they are. Like, like a, not a lot of people truly give a f- – most people give a fuck. Most people you don't gotta, give a fuck. You got to own your flaws. You got to own them. <laughs> yeah. Grab hold of yeah. them and be like, fuck yeah. And just, be really, just being really honest. <laughs> Like that's the yeah. best cure for negative feelings is just to be honest about them. Just oh, to and say like, like man, right now I'm just not feeling this. Why? And then just talking about it or just just being honest, it's when you hide the shit that you just get really angry. Yeah, and if you can be humorous about it then even better. If if you're able to navigate that with with some jokes to lighten it. That oh, yeah. just makes everything so much better. I swear that's you the can mock yourself when you can mock I yourself s- for being like, look at me. When you can be like, look at me. Look at how angry I am. I'm ridiculous. I'm so angry. I'm. So, why am I? So, I couldn't get the iced tea that I wanted. The iced tea that they delivered didn't have enough sweetener in it. I'm so angry. Look at how ridiculous I am. Oh. When, you, when, you, when you can have that outside perspective. You, you could be like, "Fuck! It's just iced tea, man. Why am I so pissed?" That one thing's so fucked up. Where they talk about like, uh, if you can be an observer in those moments, yeah. If you can just observe that behavior, yeah, and be like, "This is not me. So what's going on here? 
But you know what? Sometimes, like, sometimes I've had that experience where I'm really angry, but I've also had the the ability to look at it from an outside perspective. And that almost makes me more angry because (laughs) I'm looking at myself. I'm like, look at how ridiculous you're being. And so then there's like the, the one side of me that's really angry. And then there's the other side of me that's really disappointed in how I'm acting and is like, what the fuck just snap out of it. But then you can't. So you just get really mad and ashamed. And so it's like, (laughs) it's like double bad. Oh God. Like, and that's the <clears throat> the polarizing part of being human. There's some days where it's like it's really good to have a five second delay on before I talk, and then there's some days where I'm just on point and I can say whatever's on my mind and it'll totally. come out perfectly. Wow. But then there's some days where if I can catch myself, like, okay, Joy, just leave like a five ten second delay. You're not like in a good place to to speak your mind right now. Like maybe be a little bit more quiet. There's days where like if I just didn't talk at all to anyone it might it's just be perfect and there's days that if i talk to everyone it it's perfect wow yeah like i can totally re- relate to that i've never heard that articulated like that but yeah when i'm not feeling 100 percent, i am like very cautious with what i say and very like i won't speak my mind because i i like don't trust myself it's like i'm standing near the edge of a cliff and i'm like okay don't do what your impulse is like don't jump play it cool (laughs) just sit near the edge and just chill like don't act yeah you you don't trust yourself i've had had that where i just don't trust myself and then sometimes yeah you're when i'm feeling just on point and just relax i'm just like just free i'll just do what my impulses are because i like trust myself 100 percent i'm like i'm happy i'm positive gonna do like you know say what i feel i trust myself translates nicely into skating too because there's some days where it's like yep let's do this i know this is gonna be good and then there's some days where it's like you may need to not skate at all today or if you do just go very very slowly (laughs) and be careful with what you do and sometimes yeah it's more like practice it's more just like or like going to the gym. Sometimes it's just like okay, like to enjoy this like I'm I'm not feeling r- really jazzy. I just want to oh. just like I just want to I basically just want to go to the gym, but I'll just like practice my moves like I'll just like do some soul grinds, do some mizus, do some 540s, yeah. do a 360 off this. Like it's just like kind of just going through the motions and just like getting a sweat on like those can be really healthy like if you're not feeling it but like like just by doing that you start to feel a little bit better and just like doing exercise in general is healthy there um you can get you can get benefit out of that yeah you just uh spoke of um from a place of uh, the mastery graph where um anybody who becomes a master at anything there's if you were to look at it as a graph, it would be a, a straight line, right? I think it, or no, it starts as a spike, so you go up a little bit, yeah. and then it goes down, and then it plateaus for a long period of time, and then it goes up again, short spike, and then it goes down, short spike, and then it plateaus over a long period of time. Does that make sense? 
well, your your progress is in your progress and your downfalls will be in really short spikes, but you'll always be above and you'll just plateau with your progress for an extended period of time, and that's that's the practice part where you just have to do you know do shit. What did Ezekiel we say when I was yeah. nervous at at Barmer? Just do shit you know you can do yeah. or whatever, and you, you might plateau for yeah you may plateau for two months. But uh, oh, usually yeah. it's Even like longer. It, usually it's like you could have um, you know four sessions and then the fifth session you might go up and then your expectations from having a good session your next one will probably be shitty and you'll go down but you'll still be above because you the session before you you went higher yep. so your plateau point will always be a little bit higher than your last plateau but you have to you have to Come, you have to come down after you get high, man. Yeah, you have to ride it out. <laughs> yeah, and you have to find pleasure in the the in all the different kinds of sessions. Like you're not always going to kill it. No, you have to have sessions where it's not about killing it. It's just about it's just about going through the motions, and it's just about putting in the work. But when it's skating, <laughs> when, it, when we're talking about skating, it's not. It's uh. There's always there's always pleasure to be found. <laughs> if there's no if there's zero pleasure to be found, then you just shouldn't do it at all. Yeah, I had a really bad couple of sessions this weekend, and then I was thinking about it today. I was writing shit down, and it was like I still skated better than I would have like five years ago today. And I had oh, two yeah. really bad sessions, but I was better at skating than I was five years ago. It's funny too because you say that you had such bad such bad sessions, but when you when you came to the park on on uh, Friday uh, Saturday when Saturday. Dana were there, you yeah. skated really good. Like from what I saw, internally there was a lot going on. Like uh, my soul was not there. It was yeah, not there because you just came back from the other side yeah. of the planet. The time difference, Todd, did I tell you what it was? What? Four, 14 hours. Holy fuck. That so your soul up. your soul will take, like, days. It's, like, way back there, like, hey, man, you just traveled through time, and you're not going to, like, you should be at home just, like, lying in bed waiting for me before you jump into, like, I jumped into a bunch of activities right away. It was a really good lesson. I learned a lot actually from that. So, um, yeah, and yeah, it's a fucked up state. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> I was owned by my body and mind and I didn't have my soul this weekend. So that's not like externally it may have looked okay, but I feel like if I was, if I was more on point, I think the things I would have done would have had, um, something that it thing, you know? Yeah. It would have had the it. It didn't have the it. But I don't know. I guess you can still, if you do something for a long enough period of time, you can uh, you can still make it happen. I think I think it's it's hard in those situations to find it. But I think it is still it can still be found. It's really hard, and it is going to be very different than what it normally is. 
when yeah. when when you feel like you're on point, it is very different from when it, it comes to because you can get it even when you're suffering, even when you feel totally disconnected from who you are, even when you're totally unhealthy. There's still through those states. There's different it's to come about, but it's a um, it's a glimpse though. You can only you grab onto it for such a short period of time in that state, and then it slips away. It's harder to get like the lasting effect. True, very um, true. And then you don't have the energy to like sometimes like that. Especially, I didn't have the energy. I was there's there was so many factors. Like I was getting sick, and there was just like some negative energy. It was like raining and cloudy in little bits and like the jet lag there was like so much so i would i would grab onto it for like five seconds or something well like especially in terms of blading you it's like you it's very important that like your body feels good that you're relatively happy that you're not too experiencing too much turmoil because it's very hard to be tight or to to pull off ill shit <laughs> when when you're like when you're like confused or angry or like obsessing about something yeah you got to have a clear gonna... mind if you want to bust out some hot shit are we cuz equally... busting out hot shit is like so trivial like if you're starving you're not going to bust out hot shit. Yeah, it's true. If you just got your dick cut off, and then someone's like, I'll give you a million dollars if you can do a really sick, true macchio, and you're bleeding out of your groin, and you're like, okay, a million dollars? You just got your dick cut off. It's going to be really yeah. hard to so do a, a, a really nice, true macchio. Yeah, you need ledge. to focus on getting your dick back or, or yeah. find out where your dick is. Yeah, you've got to find your dick. Or, or yeah. go to a hospital. Yeah, you're no, it's going to be very hard to do a true macchio in that state. You got to make sure that you might maybe you have connections to the people that cut your dick off. Yeah, I don't know if they would take it or whatever. Maybe but. you can make a phone call and make sure that they'll like actually bring it back. Or maybe okay, meet me at the hospital after I do this true macchio because yeah. I I want to get the million dollars, but I got to get my dick back. Really, like yeah. I have to get that. That's and put it on. I think you got to put it on ice. It's got to be in a cooler. On yeah, if you can trust to them be... to take care of it and put it on ice, <laughs> then maybe, maybe you could, like, if you were a true master, like a real master, then you could do a true Macchio. Todd, are we uh, yin and yang obsessive personalities? Would you consider yourself an obsessive person? Yeah. Yeah. Would you consider me an obsessive person, but in a different angle or from yeah. a different yeah, you're so, an obsessive person. But I'm yeah, so obsessive. in a different way. I'm borderline obsessive in a really strange direction. But um, a lot of people that I look up to are obsessive. So, I think, yeah, I think obsessive, the word obsessive gets kind of a bad rap when yeah. it comes to people. Like, it's, a, it's all about, like, moderation. And it's all about not... Not being someone who is um, susceptible to wild action or or whimsical things or like it's all about paying the bills, 
be owning your responsibilities, being nice to everyone, having a very consistent personality, like it's like frowned upon to have bad days. It's frowned upon to to let things destroy your life or it's like it's frowned upon to like react. It's frowned upon to like get angry at how shitty things are. It's like think, no, um, don't do that. Just just bear with it and be cool. <laughs> I think obsessive is almost like you've let you've let something in that a lot of people don't let in and you also um you're not afraid to wear to wear something that um more people maybe suppress. Yeah, it's fucking be honesty, that it. really. If you're not obsessed, what I think it's passion. It's it's just it's just you realize that something is is there that you that you want or that that you you know is there, but it's going to take a lot of effort to get there, and it's and it's something that most people just don't see or they're not paying attention to or they're not talking about. But you know, you know it's there, and you want it, and that you. Uh, oh yeah, there's a certain. You no, you're of self- confused <laughs> yeah. as fuck. There's a certain degree of selfishness that's related to the obsessive qualities. A lot. But that's important. I think if it everyone, um, you know, relationship-wise too, even if you think of male-female relationships, is uh, the, there's two circles and they cross. And then it creates, you know, like a middle circle. But your outside point should be like, there's a certain degree of selfishness selfishness that will make a relationship healthier. Totally. And it doesn't matter what you're selfish or obsessive about. You just got to let it be known. And then if each other accepts, more people have to be obsessive or borderline obsessive, you know? Well... I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think there's a lot there's a lot that only you can do for you there's so much that no one else can do it for you you have to make the decisions you're running your whole fucking life you're deciding what to do in this very moment you're deciding where to put your energy and there's so much that another person just can never ever do for you so when you're like depending on another person for for too much or like not not being selfish, not taking the time to work on yourself, you're missing out on a big part of life, and then you're doing your partner a dis- disservice because you're not being the ultimate you. Yeah. Male or female, go find your own shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. just for a little bit. Yeah. Like... And you can't go the whole way on you can't you can't be completely selfish or obsessive. No. You well, need to wrangle that shit. You can do you can do anything but I, like I think I think any road is going to lead to a certain amount of suffering. Certain certain roads are going to lead to more suffering and be less productive. Um and everyone needs to d- to figure out what uh what what they, what the best road for them is, and there there isn't a best road. There's just different roads. I swear it. The and magic. no matter what, no matter what, you have to be happy with the road you're on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm you the have closest. To find I've, a way to be happy with the road the, you're on. Do you feel like you're the closest you've ever been? Um, 
in some ways, but in a lot of ways, uh, in a lot of ways, growing older just means a lot more like um, um, a lot more awareness. Awareness oh. can equal suffering in that like the more you yeah, know, the, it, the more it kills you. That's why you got to do some uh, ego killing because that's more that's more your mind. It is. Oh, totally. And I, I, I think, I think in a lot of ways, I'm better at keeping my ego in check. Yeah. But it slips all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think our balance obsessiveness. Um, I could be more. You could be like more ego body, and I go way too far on the spirit side, and then I miss out on some ego and body. Sometimes I'm working more on the body. Um, mind and ego are the same, right? Um, your three things. Mind and ego. There, I think there's different aspects of of mind. I don't. But think it, ego. If is you were to think mind. of, isn't ego just if you wanted to empty the contents of your mind, that would be your ego. If you wanted to put your ego in the trash bin, well, I, I, you would I, empty I do, your mind. I view ego as your your all your biological kind of tendencies. Like um, you have a oh. natural you have a natural reaction to to certain things. Like you get emotional at certain things, and it's not you. It's just this like body of kind of like survival. It's like the lizard brain. You know, it's like you get you get you're frightened at a, at the sight of an animal, and and you get angry and ready to fight and that kind of happens like in in daily life and then you protect yourself if someone's like mocking you or is is criticizing you you naturally just get angry and want to defend yourself and that's kind of like is that ego okay i think <laughs> you you hit on a really good point i i i think that's also mind that's that's uh I guess that's mind and body a little bit, because your body has reactions to yeah, fight or flight, like your nervous system, you know. Yeah. Um, your body, but, yeah, your bo- your your ego is like built into your body. You yeah. Because emotions manifest themselves as physical reactions. Gotta kill that shit once in a while. <laughs> yeah. If but, you could, what, totally. But I, I don't. I don't think it's possible to totally annihilate your ego, no matter this how is... disciplined and how hard you try. Yeah. It's about learning to ignore it in a lot of ways. Well, I think, no, you can have experiences when you realize that it, it doesn't mean anything, but then you always have to come back to it. You'll experience periods of time where you don't think about it at all. Yeah. They're short, though. They're very fleeting. And then it's up when to it doesn't you. affect you as much, when you yeah. can easily just like just zap it out. It's like a little fly. Yeah, it's like a mosquito. You can just like kill it. It's nothing. You you sense that something was there, and it's like pfft, like nothing. I guess it's, I that's it's... like a good measure of how healthy you are. It's like it can either be a mosquito or it can be an elephant, where it's so big that it takes over who you are, and you can't even see who you are anymore because it's just so powerful. That's related to the flow state thing. I think that's when everything is just one thing. You don't even think about the separation between all of the things. That's that's why the word flow describes it so well. Because 
when something's flowing, it means there's no blocks. There's no, there's nothing in the way. I think I like, love that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it just, it just flows. When there's a rock, <laughs> when there's a rock in the creek, and you just watch the water go around it. Yeah, there can be rocks. There's always, there's always going to be rocks. Or yeah, the water. Even if there's a it's if there's flowing. a buildup of water with like leaves and stuff, it'll eventually start to flow, and it's gonna flow fast. Yeah, after it builds up. Sometimes, yeah, that can be. It can be really bad sometimes when there's a big blockage and then it bursts out because it's like so, it's so wild and so crazy, and it's, sometimes it can be a really awesome thing, but oftentimes it's just really scattered and unfocused and just like a blast. But it's really necessary to open up that block. Like when people have a block for like 50 years, like when they're just living in fear and they're afraid to do something that they've wanted to do for 50 years, and that water finally busts through, it can be, it can come in the form of a really ugly event or like a really violent thing but that you know what it, violent event is necessary to open up that that flow and then because they've gone through that violent thing then suddenly they can walk through that door in a calm way well you know what's really interesting about like if there's a block in a creek right of leaves and stuff and you're talking about like if you have a block for 50 years or whatever the only thing that's going to help that like block in the creek someone can there's different ways like you could poke it with a stick and slowly like help the water you could like scoop water and throw it over the other side you could take like the rock right out of the creek but it has to be some kind of an outside source it it's, can't be you like if you're the water and the leaves and all that shit you need someone else to like look at it and be like listen we need yeah, to pour. I'm going to pick up this fucking rock right now and this is going to help you out a lot you you may be uncomfortable because the water is going to start to flow really fast, but it's going to be good for you. Think you'll think that it's a bad thing. Your immune system will think that you're sick. It could yeah. be someone someone else can lift up the rock, or something else can flow yeah. through the water that dissolves oh, the rock. Sometimes there could be like a crazy rainstorm that just uh, everything starts to flow again. Yeah, a tree could fall knock that shit over there's so many different oh, things catastrophic events or things that people perceive as being bombs dropped in their life yeah are they can be such good <laughs> things like when people when people's worlds fall apart that can be the best thing because maybe your world is just you've built this world of, out of toothpicks and toilet paper and maybe your world sucks and maybe you need to just destroy that world so you can rebuild a better world but yeah. it's terrifying to destroy your world no one's gonna just destroy their world willingly well because the older you get the more you commit to some kind of a world yeah it's your whole world <laughs> even if it's like a piece of shit with a little hole in it and you crawl into a cave where the walls are shit and and it stinks that's still your world. You're still going to protect that piece of shit. Like, you're going to protect it with everything. Even, <laughs> like, you're not going to... And then when when someone comes along and, like, blows up your piece of shit, you're going to be so 
scared and 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 like holy and you're gonna feel vulnerable because you have nowhere to go home to even though you're going home to a piece of shit but you're gonna walk around the city for a couple days you're gonna cry you're gonna do some drugs or whatever drink (laughs) and then you're gonna come out of your stupor and maybe you'll find like a, a toilet paper box like a little box and that's like hey this is i like this this is better than the shit yeah it's very confusing uh being human because a, a lot of us we want we want it all oh, especially we now we can't have it all that's especially now we we just see all the possibilities it would have been a lot easier if we just grew up on a farm and we didn't see what was outside the farm it's just you just accept it you get up you go to work you come home you eat dinner you go to bed you do it all over again, and and that's life. It's very simple, but we we're we're in a position, we're in a generation and an environment where we just constantly second guess what we're doing because I think there's like a billion other lives that we can see, and we're like, oh, I like that, I like that. How do I get into that? Oh, how do I do that? That looks fun. That would be, I would be really happy if I was doing that instead of doing what I'm doing. I think we're supposed to be going through this. I think we're supposed to figure out right now how to like wrangle our more like we we have all of these animal things left in us, these weird uh things that you have to keep a handle on, you know, built into our bodies, and then at the same time there's all this amazing technology and we're getting better at it, expressing ourselves and creating stuff and it's like the 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 dance between those two. There may be a human being that doesn't have the animal tendencies, however many years down the road. But our we have to like start laying the foundation of uh, what you can do if you're still an animal. Like, uh, and that's it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's hard very, because very we're hard. we're emotional sometimes violent sexual confusing creatures yeah well we live in, in yeah we exist in these animal bodies but we're like fucking angels the way we communicate with each other the way i'm talking to you you're not here and we it's just just broadcast it to everyone we do so much stuff that isn't animal like like it's very unnatural but we still well, yeah. are we're experiencing it through these animal bodies Todd, this is just the beginning, though, because all this stuff is just going to be integrated into our bodies. That that um, yeah, that's where it's going. And then the the prime thing, eventually, what I said to you and Dana, and it's ridiculous, but uh, essentially, the best way the world would work is there was no mind and no body, and if it was just whatever the it is, if everyone was just it, so just so, like a ball of just consciousness. And just yeah, you just were part of everything, and we all just work together. I don't even know how you would communicate, or if you you probably wouldn't have to talk anymore, and you wouldn't have to work a job. You, there would be no sex, there would be no violence. You would just be uh, everything, like pure consciousness, and then you wouldn't have a mind or a body. I think that that's where that it, might it be would... where it's heading. That might be like what we want subconsciously what we all we all are seeking is 
escape from our animal bodies. Like we we aim to please our animal bodies, but in a way we're just trying to like annihilate all the negative that's coming out of our animal bodies. There's a lot of, a lot of maintenance involved with that. Yeah. Are you? It's breaking up pretty bad, eh? Oh, it oh, is. It is? Oh, oh. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Your oh, shit. Your voice is starting to sound like a robot. Uh, should we do uh, closer, closer after this? After this? Sure. Okay. Um, I'll end this and then I'll call you back. Okay. 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 Hello. 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 Madness. How early do you have to get up? Um, eight. Oh shit! You start work at nine. Uh, nine thirty, ten. Mm. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. So, if you had the choice between uh, pure consciousness or uh, staying in a body, what would you choose? Um, I think I would choose pure consciousness. Yeah, me too. Why would you choose it? Because it would basically be the best parts of life all the time. Or I, not the best, but like the, it would just, it would be, I, I just look at all the animal body stuff as just really trivial. It's like this this ball of flesh just needs to be pleased why it's like a total to me it's like it's just a waste of time like oh, it's a man. waste of just like energy like it doesn't mean anything that a body is experiencing taste or is experiencing pleasure while they're having sex it doesn't what like it's trivial I for, become, as far as i can see i become such a shitty fucking person if i haven't like uh, eaten like, if I haven't had food in a while, I become, like, yeah. a shitty person. If I haven't exercised in a while, I become a shitty person. If yeah. I haven't done sexual maintenance in a while, I become a shitty person. If I haven't communicated with other human beings for a while, I become a shitty person. There's so... With uh, Jerry so Seinfeld. Neat. Jerry Seinfeld is like, if the human body was a car, I would, we would never purchase it. There's so much <laughs> cleaning and maintenance. So high maintenance. It's ridiculous. <laughs> our bodies and our minds. Fuck. It's like oh. that's, we have full time jobs, but this is a full time job in itself. Just trying to figure this shit out. Oh, taking care of this thing? Jesus. <laughs> and you and it, oh. it changes as you get older. It just gets worse and worse. <laughs> and then it just breaks down and you die. It is and interesting. It, it, oh. It's interesting that we're um, we've figured out enough things uh, that you know make us happy. There's there's as long as you have a list of of outlets and things that make you happy, you know, enough in a day, <laughs> it's manageable. But you're so right that um, all of the best, not the best parts, but very memorable parts of your life. Is your you feel like you were pure consciousness? Yeah. And you don't think about your mind and your body. 
skating like, or not skating, just anything, like any yeah. of your good memories, you're just you think of the memory as like a whole like that's <clears throat> and that's another reason why we're here is because good uh music or uh shit movies poetry whatever the fuck um you can kind of articulate that wholeness of the experience of you know feeling pure consciousness there's so many people that try and articulate that through art so that's a good reason that we're like we we can't be pure consciousness, so we try and articulate it in so many different ways, and that's why art or creating stuff is awesome. That's one plus. Yeah, is art I'm thinking is- like I'm thinking like the whole like um, having a body like it's. There's so much joy that can come through having a body. Like even the act of skating, you need a body. A, a ball of, of pure consciousness can't ex- wouldn't experience that. Hey, you, haven't, wouldn't, you don't know what that feels like, though. It might feel so good that you'd be like, man, fuck skating. <laughs> this is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah, you wouldn't need to go skating because it's like skating is what skating is really is it's like an attempt by your body to go into pure consciousness. And then you get glimpses of like, like when you feel that perfect like movement of your body, it's almost like an out of body experience. It's like you're using your body to propel your body into a higher state where it's like closer to not even having a body if that makes sense because you're in touch with the pure consciousness Todd (laughs) yeah you just explained it again we're in a loophole here you know hmm damn it (laughs) so what do you got going on for the rest of the night uh I'm gonna try and clean this shit up and uh I might go skate outside quickly. Just oh, to. Wow. I had this weird theory today that um, human beings are like these intelligent antennas of the earth. And our job is to just disperse energy. And if we hold on to it, if we hold on to energy for too long, um, the planet, we start destroying the planet. But if you disperse energy, it's good for the planet. So, um, it's like the release. It's like through the earth, we are the release. We're like these weird roaming antennas that have all of these really cool abilities, but the way that that animal body thing that we're talking about, we just, we're not there yet. It's happening. Like we said, it's happening. (laughs) It's happening, man. Yeah. it's It's hard to, uh, the way that things are structured and... Um, the specific time that we're in, um, we still have to kind of fit in. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe we're supposed to be really fucked up. Maybe we're supposed to get more and more fucked up, but at the same time, like, create such wild stuff. But we create because we're so fucked up. Like, we're given all this, we're given this technology, we're born into this world of technology but we're still fucked up animals 
and then we use the technology in such fucked up ways. Maybe that's the, what the Earth wants. Maybe the that's Earth what I wants said. us. I, yeah, I, I swear. Turmoil. Right now, people there's a lot of people who are supposed to be the maybe like the elders, or uh, they're supposed they're supposed to like learn a certain foundation right now. That not anytime soon because we're still all struggling to try and figure this shit out, right? But at a certain age, there's going to be a certain amount of uh, old people who can help guide the younger generation by living through all of this. And yeah. Be like, well, this is what happened when technology first came in, and like these are all the mistakes that we made. But um, if you guys do this and don't do this. Yeah, but who knows? They well, can right be, now, yeah, right now the could, old wise men—they're—they're they're like in the—they're living in the past. They don't understand the way the world works. So there—it's a lot of the institutions are still like they were designed in the in the last century in a different world, and then they're still running today. Like the wise men today, they don't understand the world. Hopefully there's a day where the wise men really understand the way the world works and then they can really teach some valuable things because it'll be integrated with with everything. Nobody that's the thing about right now is it's changing everything's changed so fast that nobody is a wise man. No. There isn't there aren't any wise men, Joey. That's what None. that's what I'm that's what I'm saying though if you, if you, maybe if you want to be a wise there may be no wise men in like by the time we're 60 and that's when you may have to exile yourself to a small pub in a strange location and you have to be you have to know the old ways and some of the new ways but maybe more of the old ways to uh you may you may have to have like the bill murray thing not one foot in one foot out you may have to have like one toe in and the rest in in the i don't know who knows todd Jesus. Where the fuck are we going? That's what is happening? Question. I think no we knows. figured some shit out. No one knows. Well, it's been another fun conversation. <clears throat> yeah, I hope you can sleep after that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like we touched upon some things that... uh, You know when, when we're both explaining things and then we're actually saying the same thing but in different words i like that yep. i think yeah. we did that a few times happens all the time because it's di- people understand thing think diff- like people understand the same thing through different words oh there's one more Please. thing i want to say okay it's related to that um i was trying to explain to kevin on that one podcast that um, if rollerbladers were to come up with the first grind, that it would be more like an air over a rail, and you would like drag your skates. Like you would be more like jumping over something and dragging your skates, and it would look more like a cess slide. Do you remember me? Yeah. Or do you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That the if a rollerblader was to never see a grind, the first grind would be more like a slide with an air or a cess slide. And then Kevin later was like, um. I I grind to get places. I try and like float on the object or whatever. And I was like, that's what I was trying to say. And then that same night, you were recording a podcast with Chris Edwards, and he said his first rail grind, he like slid on the wheels. He didn't actually like grind the frame, 
the one in Airborne, if you look at it, the first grind on rollerblades done by Chris Edwards was, it was more of like a cess slide on a rail. Like he slid on the urethane of the wheels. And I just thought that was so bizarre that there was three different statements all saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's, you know I mean? that's when you know it's a good idea is be, like when words don't like um it's it's really hard to say and it's really hard for people to visualize that people need it to be said in a different way for them to understand it they need to be they need to hear it in a way that's referencing their own experience it's not just like black or white and the idea the idea of like describing how a rollblader would do the first grind without if he had never seen skateboarding how it's like a a slot like a like glide like that's a weird yeah. thing to describe yeah so everyone would kind of like approach that differently it's like uh, poetry aims like po- like it aims to describe something that is very 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 difficult to describe so people m- make up these crazy combination of words that it's like it's not just the words it's also the rhythm and the way that they all interact with each other to describe this thing that's impossible to actually describe that's why I shouldn't talk too much because sometimes my I see a visual and I can't describe it. I see a visual and I can't describe it. Well, in yeah. a way, it, hap- it happens to everyone because the, the the words are not the visual. Yeah, I think I think like spoken language is will be looked at as a primitive technology in the future. Like yeah, because it'll just people won't talk. Be- They'll yeah. just transmit it. Like that's like we've started to do that with video and and with music and with different outlets. It's like, but one day that'll be that'll be the primary form of communication. Will just be like, you just you just you you transmit everything to someone, and then they just get it. There's no need to like stumble through these sounds <laughs> and like misinterpret think about how much is misinterpreted by when people talk like everyone hears it in kind of a different way it's so primitive i i uh completely you opened up too big of a can of worms but i completely agree on like an intuitive feeling uh complete truth no lies system in the future that's where we should be attempting to get like I don't oh, know. We're, I, n- we're not going. We're not going there anytime soon. And well, if we me are, and you, well, me and you aren't going anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> no, but nobody's like, going there. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll. Maybe everything will be known. Every every person will be enlightened. Maybe, maybe. That's pure consciousness. <laughs> That that that's there would be technology that gets us closer to pure consciousness and like would teach you the ways of what it would feel like to be in pure consciousness and one of those steps would be to know everything all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of like that now, but it's confusing. With no because, blocks. Yeah. So no self consciousness. <laughs> no self awareness. No ego. No greed. No bullshit that blocks the yeah. flow of consciousness because, the, like, you won't even have a body, you won't have a self. The whole idea of a self, of, the whole idea of you, will be annihilated 
and it'll just be the essence of what you are without all the all the like crippling like all the shit that a human being feels that's where i think maybe everyone should choose pure consciousness because there is something going on where human beings can be controlled very easily still and we are very stupid all of us oh yeah yeah very yeah all of us and that um we can just be roped into shit really easily yeah and we can believe like we believe everything that's fed we're to all, us we're all or looking. not everything but like yeah we're just looking we're all susceptible everyone is susceptible that's that animal shit again yeah the animal side of us yep well God. listen okay i'll <laughs> i'll make this oath okay if i'm okay. ever presented with the option of choosing um pure consciousness or a human body i'll choose pure consciousness me too i'm going with you all right i think we've Go. made enough uh stuff skating wise like if it was tomorrow i'd probably yeah. go fuck skating let's doesn't matter let's, let's just dive in whatever it's time to because a lot of people they're just you're afraid you know you're hanging on to your piece of shit isn't what you're trying to achieve through any creative medium you aren't you trying to get to pure consciousness or aren't you trying to catch glimpses of it like even if you're point zero 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 one percent of pure consciousness, isn't that the goal? I think yeah, you're trying to you're trying to get Ex- there, but through the process, and you're also trying to express it. Yeah, you're, you're trying, trying to, ex- to help other people experience it. <clears throat> well, you have to realize then um, the wise men time. I think we're s- we're like we're like in the like the seventeen hundreds right now. Then. Like, I don't know about this exponential growth thing. I think, I feel like we're just, we're so not even old. We're like medieval times right now. Well, yeah, like, like we, we've only been an intelligent species, uh, quote-unquote intelligent, or like u- utilizing technology for like a hundred years. That's nothing. We are still babies. We're we're children. We're figuring it out. And we might just blow it all up. I really hope that we don't. I really hope that we... Uh, that. I really hope that we don't all, like, die. I'm thinking of... Fuck up the world. I really hope so. I really hope we can go for another couple thousand years. Yeah, the closest theory oh, that I've come to is oh. that they'll just be... Um, and you won't have any choice in the matter. They'll just be, like, a large extinction it could only be like one billion but to 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 try and like specify what regions it would be or why you would die or why you wouldn't die or if you i don't know but that's like the closest thing i've come to is just a large extinction like a nice chunk fuck that's a time of just intense turmoil yeah it could even just be um the just one event it just wipes. sucks like thinking like okay like like you like someone you like if you're a human you have the 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 possibility of being born in any era right like how unfair is it that some people get born as like a jew during the holocaust and then someone else gets born as jay-z in this time like it's just it's crazy to think about the how 
lucky some people are and how unlucky other people are. That's where it's very uh, difficult to... That's where a lot of people uh, don't believe in the it. And uh, you might even start to think that it's some kind of crazy simulation. Like that someone's playing the Sims. (laughs) Someone's pulling the strings. And just watching it all go down. It's too much. It's just too ridiculous. They're just it's watching gotta the show. It's a fucking show. It's <laughs> this can't be real. Hey, even if it's not, the fact that you can create stuff, it's, you got to creating stuff is probably one of the best things you can do if it is a show. Yeah. <laughs> Become the author, man. Yeah. You don't want to be the main character. You want to be the author. It's a... What is it? The Bill Hicks thing that I just watched. It's a wild ride. Yeah. And there'll be people who tell you that it's not a wild ride. But it's just a wild ride. It's not a ride. It's it's serious, Joey. It's not just a ride. It's this a wild... Everything. It's just... It's, this is a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. And you might get on different ones, you might slow down a little bit, but for the most part, it's just speeding towards, and it's like, there may be loops, and there may be crazy fucking drops, and crazy upslopes, you have no idea. And it's it's really the ultimate ride, because when you get on, it erases all your knowledge (laughs) and all your memory of anything that came before the ride, and you have no idea what happens at the end of the ride. It's the ultimate... Life is the ultimate ride. Like, if there was a ride at Disneyland that it was like, okay, you hop on this ride, but we delete your conscious you we delete everything about you up until this point and you get on fresh and you have to learn everything new on this ride and you don't know what happens at the end like that's a fucking ride so balls to get on that ride (laughs) well technically planet earth is just a massive disneyland and some people got some really shitty rides some people got some good rides you don't know. Some people got like the, some really confusing ones that it's probably by the time you're at the end of the ride you were like as long as you can say fuck that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if you could watch a movie of your life and it was pretty good or not pretty good it, like that was an awesome movie. Yeah. That's pretty good too. Like I had I had a good go at it. I had a good go. It's that's hilarious. Like, yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, no, yeah, that that's all I could think of. Like, yeah, you know, I really, I really, uh, I really had a good go at it. <laughs> yeah, I did everything that I that I wanted to do. There's going to be some parts, though, where you watch your life, and you're going to be watching, and you're going to be like, you fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. Idiot. Idiot. What are you doing? What are you doing? Probably most. (laughs) Most of it. Yeah, well, because, like, let's just say if you die and you become pure consciousness, 
you get all the answers. That'd be the biggest joke of all. Yeah. You would just start laughing hysterically. Like if you suddenly just snapped into pure consciousness, like 100% pure consciousness, straight from this moment, you wouldn't laugh, obviously, because you would have no body. But your being would just be so amazed and it would just be hilarious that you thought that you were you and you, you wouldn't were so concerned and so wrapped up with all this stupid shit you wouldn't and even you, need to laugh if you were pure yeah. consciousness because you wouldn't have emotions you would be wouldn't you, if you're pure consciousness you would be pure love that's a theory like if if uh if like people in their deathbeds say like it's all love or whatever, or it's like love is the answer, and you can't define what love is, pure yeah. consciousness could be love, and then you don't have to actually experience any emotions. Maybe, and then when maybe, you, yeah, maybe love is like the total absence of all of the bullshit. It's just like it's not love. Isn't like love isn't finding something. It's just like erasing all the blocks and love is just at the core yeah it's not that, adding anything it's it's removing love is pure consciousness man oh shit we figured it out joey <laughs> we figured it out we didn't know because <laughs> fuck love is very fleeting yeah fuck gotta have a cigarette <laughs> me too well todd it's been good yeah, really good, man. Yeah, and I'll uh, have a good get... have a good getaway, and uh, I will. Or, what are you, what were you gonna say? Uh, you gotta get Louis on this bitch. <clears throat> He's really excited. He Sweet. he likes the podcast, and um, yeah, we'll we'll have more we'll have more heavy hitters in the coming weeks, oh, so we okay. can get to episode one hundred. Yeah, there's also a podcast that I recorded with Nate. Nice in China. Cool. But I need to screen it first. Um, we'll probably release that, I think. Cool. Yeah, so, and do a, do a solo one, too. Yeah, I'll do a solo one, I think, after I get back from my concert experience this weekend. Nice. So, uh, if, if, if you take anything from this podcast, listeners, and if you've made it to this point, uh, did we figure out... We probably read this before, but uh, love, love is pure consciousness. That's it. Yep, that's it. Well, that's it, Todd. All right. All right, I'm gonna go shoot myself. I just figured it all out. No need to go on. Yeah, I'll probably uh, start the it. start the car in the garage. Nice. It's a good way the door to go. closed. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Slow. It's peaceful. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, see. Yeah, pure consciousness. See you there. Yeah, I'll see you in pure consciousness, where we're okay. the same being. Yeah, peace. All right, peace. <laughs>